the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. It's that time again. Time to talk with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, is the polar vortex hitting you? It is indeed, so it has returned uh, with a vengeance and uh, looks to be getting colder by the day here, unfortunately. There's our polar vortex sound effect. (laughs) So, question for you. I mentioned on my TV show this morning, my TV spot, that the polar vortex could have real ramifications for the United States GDP. Some up to $50 billion are numbers that I'm being are being thrown around just a cold winter, $50 billion, potholes, transportation, lost business. Um, do you think those are real numbers? Um, yeah, I think they're, you know, uh, some real numbers. I mean, I th- think there's no denying, uh, and I think we touched on this even last week. You know, I mm-hmm. live in Chicago. I've been here for 17 years, and uh, it's the coldest winter I can recall by a long shot. Um, and uh, most records indicate that it's, you know, is one of the coldest uh, in the last 25 years and uh, and in history since records have been kept here. So, uh, and that cuts across really to the Northeast as well. So, when you look at the um, comparisons or the, the normal seasonal adjustments, if you will, uh, they're probably not going to adequately capture just how miserable this winter has been for a large swath of the country uh, that's heavily populated. And so I think you can extrapolate from that that uh, that there would be a, a larger than normal impact from this from this winter. But, you know, if we're talking $50 billion or so, um, you know, again, what, in a $16, $17 trillion economy, um, not a huge hit. And then you get the flip side of that. If there's, in fact, uh, this is weather-related, you should have some that pent-up demand that's being talked about that should act as an offset and, and eventually neutralize things uh, uh, when it's all said and done this year. But, uh, but clearly, I think it is having some impact in the first quarter. As a chief market analyst for Briefing.com, do you potentially start sending out some notes like, yeah, it'll all come back. We've lost some of the economy due to cold, but maybe watch out for things like um, opportunities and generators, or maybe watch out for misses in restaurants where it can't come back because the stomach has been sated somewhere else. Yeah, you know, I mean, those are those are some uh, near-term trading ideas, frankly. Um, and the thing is, is that you know, our in-play group would certainly be identifying those types of opportunities where you, you know, when it comes to say like restaurants, yeah, it's not going to come back, but you know. There's a secular trend afoot here within uh, the casual restaurant space. I mean, we're a dual-income nation. Um, We do eat out more than we ever have. And uh, while the first quarter might not be so great for a lot of those restaurant names, you know, I think most people recognize that, you know, they're bound to get back on track. And so there's some near-term volatility here that could create some some trading ideas. But the, the point that I've been emphasizing here and what our chief economist, Jeffrey Rosen, has been emphasizing, frankly, is that 
it's not just the weather. You know, there are cracks in the surface of these data points that suggest that there is some actual uh, slowdowns taking place that are not accounted for in the weather. And, and one disproof, uh, you know, last week came in the existing home sales report, which showed the West, uh, which had no association with the polar vortex and, and might have wished that it did, given all the precipitation it brought, uh, saw existing home sales decline 7.3% in January. And so, you know, that's just one item that would uh, lead itself to an analysis that, that indicates uh, there's more going on here than just uh, bad weather. Okay. So the market's been going back and forth, back and forth, and you're not you're saying it's probably not the bad weather. What is driving the market right now? Well, one of the things we uh, think is driving the market at the moment here, and certainly throughout February, we've had a terrific February. There's no denying that, but uh, we think that's been predicated in large part on, on some of the same thinking that that got us through 2013, and that being that because of the weather distortion and also because of some signs underneath these reports that suggest it might be more than weather. The market is starting to discount the possibility that the Fed uh, will defer some of its tapering activity and that the quantitative easing program may not perhaps end in 2014, as some had suggested or thought uh, at the end of 2013. And and the market continues to ride that tide of, you know, or that thought that policy will remain easier for longer than uh, previously assumed, and that has helped things along here. And you can see that against the fact that first quarter consensus earnings estimates have been cut dramatically uh, in recent weeks. You know, they were expected to be up a little over four percent at the end of 2013. We're now just uh, just under one percent growth is what um, uh, analysts are forecasting for the first quarter now, and yet the market you know, has kind of just run in place uh, since the end of 2013, despite the downward earnings revisions. So um, so we do think that the Fed is still largely playing in here as a, as a security blanket for the equity market. At times, Mr. O'Hare, I feel like a dinosaur because someone asked me recently if I thought Google was overvalued, and I couldn't really answer. I was like, on one hand, yes, if it's a search company, but if it's a search company and a cable company and uh, – whatever else phone company and whatever else their wearable company, are they overvalued? And it, it, it begs the question of, like, kind of like techs are kind of conglomerating at this point in time. Um, the big acquisition of WhatsApp by Facebook um, going for hundreds and millions of eyeballs. Do you feel that there's some maybe chop in the tech sector on the high end? Um, yeah. You know, I think, okay. uh, again, it goes to, to the idea that um, – while there's certainly been a great deal of innovation by those companies you, you, you just named, I mean, you're still seeing them uh, grab market share through these, you know, uh, acquisitions that they're making. They're, they're trying to buy, you know, more users, if you will. And, um, you know, um, so it's at the end of the day here, I mean, the, the technology sector is going to continue to be sort of that, uh, that cutting-edge space. It's going to be the go-to uh, area for a lot of uh, traders and investors that are looking for those next great growth companies, but uh, but it is interesting that you know you, you're seeing uh, not as much organic uh, growth as you you know did you know a short time ago as companies continue to try and uh, pick up market share and, and strategic value through these uh, through these acquisition efforts. One of the pieces of data that came out this morning was home prices. Case-Shiller Composite Index, it shows a slowing. 
I think most of the analysis that I'm reading on this is home prices are slowing, and that's a good thing for people who want to buy with affordability in mind, get into a home for 10, 20, 30 years. But it's also showing you that maybe we've peaked a little bit as far as momentum goes. How are you reading the numbers that came out of Case Shiller this morning? Right. Well, you know, if you've taken a lot of distressed inventory uh, uh, off the block and so you're seeing you know, home prices increase. You had those investors that came in with, with all that cash and helped clear out some of that excess inventory, which helped drive up prices. And, and now, uh, the, the, the value proposition may be not be, may not be quite as uh, compelling as it was for that in, investor class. Um, and so it makes some sense with the rise in mortgage rates here that you would see some, uh, some deceleration in price growth and some cooling off in that market. And, and as you allude to, that could ultimately be a good thing for some of the first-time home buyers um, who've been priced out. Uh, but the, the the key thing to watch here is, you know, what are you know how are banks going to be lending? You know, are they going to be uh, you know easing their lending standards so that uh, prospective buyers can take advantage and 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 move into the market. That's what's going to, you know, avail itself over the next few months in the data. And right now, um, what we've seen developing is, is certainly a slowdown, and the National Association of Realtors has, has acknowledged that. Uh, it's also not just the weather. It's the fact that you have uh, affordability issues coming into play with rising mortgage rates and the higher home prices. So hopefully you get some uh, some relief there as home prices do start to, uh, start to slow a little bit. Speaking with Patrick O'Hara, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing provides a whole slew of commentary and insights from in-play, i.e. trading ideas, to you know the economy with uh, Jeff Rosen, Dr. Jeff Rosen. But Patrick O'Hara does the market analysis. Anything that you're working on right now, Pat, that will add value to our insights right now? Well, one of the things I'm going to start investigating here, and you mentioned the, you know, the Facebook uh, acquisition of WhatsApp for a whole lot of money, <laughs> um, and there's been lots of uh, rationalizations of why that, you know, would be a good purchase in the end. But, you know, one of the things that strikes me in this is that uh, you know, these social media analysts are sitting there using some non-financial valuation metrics like price per users, and uh, it, it's piqued my curiosity certainly as, uh, you know, recollecting the, the Internet bubble days where you were valuing things on price per click and, you know, price per eyeballs and <laughs> things like that. So, um, so I'm not all that enamored of how this uh, valuation is, is starting to be rationalized. It's a bit concerning that we're going outside the, the traditional valuation realm and, and uh, you know, uh, it could be proved to be a valuable lesson, you know, in, in a few years down the road here. But um, so looking into that, and we'll certainly be watching uh, Janet Yellen's testimony on Thursday, uh, given what I said earlier about how the market has certainly seemed to respond to the idea that the Fed might find uh, it within reason to start uh, deferring some of its tapering activity. Anything else in the last minute that is compelling that you may be keeping an eye on in case it falls apart, in case it pulls together? Yeah, um, you know, I think China is, is one of those factors that's just kind of there, you know, and the uh, market doesn't really quite know what to make of it. Um, there's a lot of uh, noise out there regarding the shadow banking system. Uh, saw today, you know, the corporate debt in China has reached, 
you know, $12 trillion, I believe, and so uh, 120% of, of GDP. Um, so, you know, the, the new leaders there are going to have to be balancing, you know, the, the financial situation with trying to drive a, a uh, domestic-led, you know, recovery or growth effort in China, and that might not be the mm-hmm. easiest thing to accomplish. And so that's really one of those uh, bogeys that's hanging out there that could disrupt things if, uh, if they lose control of that situation. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. I always look forward to his content at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. And it's the best. Real value for the money and truly a lifesaver. Now I don't have to deal with ears or... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 